Welcome to the process of progress, an ongoing conversation between two friends and sometimes other creators about removing resistance, moving forward, and manifesting your desired reality. If you've ever been at a loss with these frequently touted higher concepts, you're not alone. We're figuring it out too. Please join us for our bi-weekly check-ins where we test out some real-life applications, review our blunders and successes, and keep our faith in the, the process, process of, of progress. progress. Hey everybody, welcome to the process of progress. Hi. I am Cecilia McCarowitz. <laughs> I am here with the lovely Hollis Maloney. Hello. And today we think we're gonna talk about energetic currency. Let's see what happens. Yeah, because I was just complaining about how uh, my cat was in the hospital all week and how I had absolutely nothing to talk about because I wasn't paying attention to any of our homework. And then I started talking and I was like, wait, this could actually work for podcast material. So we hit record and we're going to see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just let it flow. We're just, we're going back to the whole trusting whatever comes out of our mouth situation. (laughs) Yes. Which we tend to, Uh, we we do well with. So let's let's see what happens. Cool. I'm stoked. Um, We, like I was saying uh, before we hit record, I had, um, yeah, I was prepared to work overtime through through this year and early of next year. Mm-hmm. So I had fully commit, committed to, like, power-saving mode and just was, like, not, like, prepared to, like, not re- write, not really have any, not do much of anything creative. And, um, but energetic currency, like you were talking about, I was like, okay, but this is worth it. You know, and it's like that little shred of this is worth it was like, this is the exchange for, for right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so then to have the news come up that that wasn't going to happen, that we were going back to normal hours. Mm-hmm. It was just like this massive, massive, massive weight off I, I mean, like, oh, my God, I, I cannot tell you how much more even just that concept alone has revitalized me a little bit. So. Oh, I bet. Because what was the plan? It was like it was working. How long were the days? Five days a week? Uh, They were 10 and a half hour days. Okay. Five days a week. Yeah. Like you get breaks. Of, obviously, you get lunch. Um, But the it's you're still at in the building the whole time Mm -hmm. and then you know plus an hour commute so you're like full hour Mm -hmm. like there and back is creates another hour for the day and that made yeah so that made an 11 and a half hour day Mm -hmm. um it just there's just not a lot of time around that and I I think that people don't I certainly didn't realize what a difference two hours in a day makes yeah, because it's usually eight and a half hours in a day. But oh my god, the those two hours—I I mean, that makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. That makes such a fucking difference. And I think that was a big lesson for me during—I I haven't even been working overtime that long. Mm-hmm. I, I really haven't. I've been working it for like two and a half months, and I was already kind of watching myself kind of slowly shut down, almost any other creative outlet like they right. just sort of stopped happening right 
it's it's like if I do have any sort of creative thinking left, it needs to go towards the the house mm-hmm. um, for creative solutions there. And a little bit of creative solution happened with uh, God. I hate saying this, but like retail therapy. Mm-hmm. I hate I hate saying that, but it's like that was a big. Um, God, that was a mm, that was a bit of a not a wake up call because I had been aware of it living in New York mm-hmm. that I I tended to know when I was too afraid to be creative or I didn't feel like taking the time to cultivate a project that the easiest thing to do would to be like go buy something mm-hmm. or to like spend my energy shopping for something mm-hmm. um, and. Right now, it's kind of ironic. I'm shopping so that I don't have to shop Mm -hmm. because I'm shopping for jeans to be a part of my uniform. Mm -hmm. And I've got like 80% of my uniform bought, but there's still like that extra 20% to still shop for. Mm -hmm. And how that had been the thing that I was looking forward to was to like kind of be on breaks and like shopping because it's and it, it hit me that I was like, oh my god, this is like one of the only creative outlets that I have right now, mm. which is why I'm looking so forward to it. Yeah, and that was kind of bothersome. <laughs> well, you're it does because you have kind of been in this weird, um, like push and pull of anti-consuming, anti-consumerism, and so then when there's an urge to want to consume, I could imagine that would be conflicting. Because you're mm-hmm. like, wait, no, this isn't this isn't what I want to be doing. <laughs> Right. But you have right. a lot of awareness and mindfulness around it, which I think is the most important thing. Because I think also, like, I don't know if you've been on Instagram recently, but they just changed their um, the home screen. And now there's like a shop button that's just there. Oh, n- no, really? Yeah. And no, I don't know. I also don't know if you've watched um, The Social Dilemma. Mm. No, I haven't. Highly, highly recommend. It's basically about how social media was built by like only a handful of developers that just wanted to capture your attention in Silicon Valley. But it's turned into Mm -hmm. this. um, It's it's the whole concept is that like they're not creating this app for you. They're creating it for their advertisers so that they make money. And we're we're the product that's being sold, like our time, our attention, our information Mm -hmm. is all being sold. So. Anyways, so then <laughs> Nigel and I watched that um, this weekend, and it just happened to coincide with this update to Instagram that happens to have the little shop shopping bag icon attached to it. And I'm just like, you know, this is this is really embedded into like every single part of our capitalist culture because if you're not spending money you're somehow trying to make more money or earn more money or earn more money for you know shareholders or whoever is like everything has to be this sort of like incremental financial improvement and gain and yeah it's just like that's what's destroying our culture it's what's destroying um I mean social media is destroying so much of us psychologically 
but I know. Anyway. Yeah. So one, I'm just going to say, I don't blame you for, for like having that itch and that urge to be like, Oh yeah, I want to buy something. I get that all the time. I have to catch that because it's just like, it's just embedded into our culture. But two, in thinking about energetic currency, like Mm -hmm. it's interesting to think about social media or shopping even as like you're spending time doing this thing and what's the thing you're going to get back from it? Is it valuable? Yeah. And, and I, I think that it, it, this is a theory. I have no, I have nothing to really back it up, but at least in myself, I noticed that it seemed to serve a replacement for doing meaningful work. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much a, and that to me was kind of um, disturbing. And I found myself kind of going down the, it's, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll, for lack of a better way of putting it, kind of like a conspiratorial rabbit track <laughs> where it's like, where it's like, it's all about, it's all about, it's it's just all about making money and how can we commoditize the human psyche and and people as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, if you even look at like our pharmaceutical industry, like let's not go down that road too much, right. but you know, to make a person pacified a commodity. Yes, pacified and, and a commodity. It's like how For can sure. we make money off of you? Yeah. And but but to really know and look at like, oh wow, no, this is replacing meaningful work. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't here, what would I do? Yeah. And I was, I've been thinking about that too in terms of – because I have this real problem with watching TV that I've mm. been I've been like struggling with um, for, for a while because I will turn on a show or something and it's totally a pacifier. It's totally mm. something to just kind of like – sit in the background like I'll I'll just turn on a show that I've watched a million times just to have it as background noise and Mm. it's and I've and I've struggled with it because I really enjoy movies and I enjoy stories and I enjoy all of like everything that has to go along with film and movies and everything but there's also a part of me that I know just uses it as kind of this thing to distract me from the things that would be more meaningful work or the things that I really want to do. Yeah. And it's just the easier choice to suck me away from being productive because being productive most of the time it takes a little more energy and, um, and doing even just inner work is, is tough. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and sometimes like, I've really been trying to recognize this. Sometimes I don't want to even be with my own thoughts. Like I don't even want to be with myself. So Mm -hmm. I I don't even want to put on music. Like I want to put on somebody else talking so that I'm listening in on a story, sometimes being distracted by an image so Mm -hmm. that I'm like not even sitting with my own thoughts and what's going on in my, in myself because it's not comfortable right Mm -hmm. then 
And I think about that on like a mass scale and how there's so many people like my job for a very long time until recently was all about mindfulness and being in your body and paying attention to like, yeah, what, yeah. what you're doing. And I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at doing that most of the time, but if I'm having a struggle with it, then I think about like a lot of other people in this country on this planet having an even harder time sitting with themselves um, and just how much we're all just being our energy and our time and our passions are being sucked out of us by things like shopping and television and social media and things that don't really give anything meaningful back to us. Yeah, which I think maybe inadvertently we did observe something about energetic <laughs> currency this week, even though we claimed that we hadn't. Yeah. There, there is a um, – usually there's an in-between the putting away the consumerism mm-hmm. and creating something. And this is different from once begun is half done. There is a discomfort that settles in, which I think is very much what you said about, like, your own inner thoughts start up. But then there's something that I think modern people, at least in westernized culture, don't ever really get, and that is boredom. Yeah. There's a boredom that takes over for – for me, it's brief. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that boredom that usually acts as like a transition. It's a threshold. It's 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 that liminal space that I don't really like to occupy. Mm-hmm. That I think is almost necessary to switch tracks mm-hmm. into from consumerism into creating something. Yes, and to do meaningful work, but. It is so, so, so much easier to go right back to the thing that I'm in the habit of doing, Mm -hmm. which is to buy or to consume. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and and I think think recognizing it as a replacement is uh, really vital. And again, again, it it was a little disturbing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. There's this thing that I'm really curious about that is about work and work Mm -hmm. that we do for money and how, and if that translates, it doesn't translate all the time for sure, where like the energy you put into the work that you do doesn't come back (laughs) as like the, the amount that, like the monetary amount that you energetically put into it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's tons of people doing work out in the world that they're super excited about and passionate about, and they make no money for it. And money Mm -hmm. being an energetic exchange, it's like, or, you know, the real symbol, the currency symbol of energy, then it's like, okay, well, that's not balanced. And then there's plenty of people who work jobs who are just like, it exhausts them. It's not inspiring for them. It doesn't charge, like give them it doesn't energetically charge them and they make a good amount of money or they make a lot of money from it and it still doesn't seem to even out because mm-hmm. like what you're giving is different from what you're getting. 
And that's the thing that I think I've been thinking about because I've been thinking about like switching careers. Like I think about yeah. if I were to go, if I'm, if I'm going to school for social work and I want to get more into work that is psychologically based, which really excites me and interests me, but it's also something that's completely new and I'm for me and I'm not really sure about, I'm like, is it going to just feel, is it going to feel worth it or is it not going to feel worth it? Like I made mm-hmm. no money at the studio, but I, yeah. and I worked my ass off, but like I was able to work my ass off in the way that I did for two and a half years because I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. You with this work, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about you this week because it's like, I know that you're putting all this time and energy into this job. That is not your number one thing that you want to be working on. And I'm like, and I know that like, there's plenty of people out there that do the same thing every single day. And you know, is, is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm kind of in this middle place right now because Yeah, because, you know, design has never been, and I've, I've, I don't know if I've spoken about this openly on the podcast, but I've spoken about it openly with a lot of people in my life. It's not like my number one passion. Like being a graphic designer is not my be all end all. Like I, I can do it and do it really well because I grew up with it and I went to school for it and I've been doing it now for a long time. And there are creative projects that I get into that I get very excited about and have a lot of fun with. And there are other projects that I'm like, I feel like I'm just being a robot and Mm. I'm just, or I am even just being somebody's puppet and they're like controlling every single move that I make (laughs) and there's no creativity there at all. I'm sure a lot of graphic designers can relate to me in this, in this regard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Any sort of creative person who's paid to do uh, something creative by somebody else, you know, and you have a client that you have to be beholden to, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I don't like, I, I, it doesn't animate me to sit behind a computer and create something, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't thrill me to wake up and get to work every morning. And not to say that even if I was doing like the thing that I really wanted to do, that I would be thrilled every morning to wake up and do it. But I'm just kind of in this place where I'm like, well, it's, it's paying me, it's paying me really well. Like I have a very comfortable life right now. And I feel like I'm making finance, my financial goals, like really work for me. And, um, and I'm about to potentially totally change my career. Cause I'm like, energetically, it's, it's not super satisfying. Mm. You know, cause I, I end up working really long hours a lot of the time. And again, I'm just sitting at a, staring at a screen. Like I want to be working with people. Like I want to be interacting with mm. people all yeah. the time. I love working with people. And, um, so I'm just, I guess that's why it's been top of mind for me. This, this question of like, what's the, what's the energetic balance of, Mm. of Mm -hmm. doing something that maybe is satisfactory and pays you really well, which is the situation that I'm in right now, or, you know, the other end that I've experienced is with being a yoga teacher and owning the studio, owning, running the studio was like getting paid very little, but loving 
every moment of it, feeling creatively challenged all the time, um, constantly problem solving, like all these things that I love to do. And it's like, okay, now mm-hmm. I want to try and combine both worlds <laughs> in some way, yeah. you know? And I feel like that's where a lot of people are a lot of the time because they end up just sticking with a job that, that isn't super satisfying, but it pays them and it's comfortable. And, and I guess it just also depends on who you are and your personality type and like what you want to go for. But I often think about if, if all of us were doing the thing that we really loved doing, that we were really passionate about doing, like what would that world look like? Hmm. I, at the very least, think we'd be buying a lot less. <laughs> we'd definitely be less distracted. Using placeholders for stuff that's actually fulfilling, maybe it might be a good idea to try to actually implement one of those things. Like, So, for example, I really recognized that I already knew that I was putting in a lot of energy for something that I knew was worth it, which mm-hmm. was working overtime so that my husband could really propel the house forward. Mm -hmm. Then I further recognized that, or was rather re-reminded pretty, pretty vividly that my replacement for not having any creative bandwidth was retail. And that I was utilizing retail as a replacement for more meaningful work. Mm -hmm. So now that going into next week, going into normal hours, I'll have more time. I know that I'm going to have to almost break that habit and switch tracks back to, oh, I've, I'm I'm doing retail. Like, I'm doing retail instead of writing or I'm doing right. retail instead of instead – of, and, and basically just um, paying attention to those moments and really having some discipline to, to stop and to switch tracks and see what it feels like mm-hmm. to stop and – and do something meaningful or creative instead of the thing that would like either serve as maybe a lazy creative outlet as that's all I had the bandwidth for, at least that's all I felt like I had the bandwidth for or something that pacifies. Mm -hmm. I, I would say I, I already implemented that today. Like I sat down, I had 45 minutes before I called you and I was like, well, I was like, I could get into writing. I was like, but it's only going to be 45 minutes or I could like browse online for the other stuff that like Mm -hmm. I still have to get. And, and I did, it's like, I, I chose, I chose the writing, um, but it, it took a little bit of push on my part. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. So it's a, I don't know. Does, how's that, how's that sound homework wise? That sounds fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's, um, it's that sitting in the, the, uh, kind of uncomfortable boredom moment sometimes <laughs> too, because I know exactly what you're talking about, um, it's, I have, I have to like, I feel like I have to admit this and it's kind of shameful, but I do this thing where like right around three or four o'clock in the afternoon while I'm working, I'll put a TV show on in the background mm-hmm. and I've been doing this for years and I'll just like blow through series and I'm not even really paying attention to them. They're just, again, background noise. And I've been doing mm-hmm. this thing where instead of doing that, I'll put on music because I love music and I haven't been like really listening to music for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, but when I, when I 
do that, when I catch myself, there's this like itch to be like, nope, you want to indulge in the other thing that you're so used to doing. That's just going to be a distractor. And instead of like this other thing, that's going to, that's, that feels different mentally and you're still going to enjoy it once you get there, but you you don't really want to do that. It's like that. Um, it's like the, it's like the habit change gremlin that's like no come back and do the thing that you're used to (laughs) oh the habit change gremlin I like that that. it does feel like a gremlin yeah because it's I know exactly what you mean for me it's just like it's a couple minutes maybe if that of just being like "Mm, this doesn't really feel very comfortable and then before I know Mm -hmm. it I'm like you know, exploring all these different ideas, like I get my, my mind just starts to go all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I would, I would love to do more of that. Cool. So to close the podcast, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about, I had somebody say this to me at work and it really caught me off guard. I had I was reading a book at work on my breaks before we started working overtime. Mm-hmm. And for some reason it came back to me um I don't know, maybe two or three days ago. She she was just she was like, Oh my gosh, she's like, You're reading a book. I was like, Oh yeah. And she goes, Nobody reads books anymore. Oh my god. And I thought to myself, No, they don't. Nobody in this house reads books. Like people, most people mm-hmm. I talk to don't really read books. Mm-hmm. And I just listened to a podcast um, where they're, they were interviewing a professor and the professor was talking about how she's has a hard time getting her students to read the textbooks. They won't do it. Oh, they wow. Can't, they, and they say that they can't do it. They say it's too long. They complain about how it's too in-depth. It's like they want to skim like they do social media. Oh, wow. And she's saying, she's like, I can't get them to study because they don't have the attention span for a book anymore. And, you know, I, I, I really sat and questioned, like, is this just one of those things where it's just the way of the next generation and we're freaking out about it, like like the, quote, greatest generation uh, freaked out about rock and roll when their kids starting listening no. to it. No, or, I don't or think is so. this a genuine problem? I think it's a genuine problem. Again, yeah. I really think you should watch the Social Dilemma, but also okay. I think it's a real genuine problem because it's especially watching the Social Dilemma and the way that they talk about like it's it's mind control and it's affecting our behaviors like across the board and. And it's affecting the way that we think and what we what we choose to purchase and our habits and all of these things. And especially if you grew up with social media, like, and you grew up with it in your mm-hmm. hand in front of your face the whole time, there's so many things that are happening to our brain. And and I don't I don't think that it yeah I don't think that it's I don't think it's comparable to rock and roll. I guess there might be other things, but I think that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's it's worth being nervous about not being able to read. <laughs> yeah. And not having any attention, not being able to yeah. focus. Well, I okay, I will I will watch the social dilemma then. <laughs>
<laughs> so that being said, I I thought that um, we, if you're reading something yes. right now, yes. what are you reading? And I I um, I know that I'm looking forward to purchasing a few books, and I wanted to talk about what I'm currently reading and. Also, or rather, what my next reads are as well. Okay. So that was that was what reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. <laughs> okay, so I'm really excited about this book that I'm reading. Um, okay. I don't have it in front of me, so I don't remember the author, but it's called Thinking Fast and Slow. It's a pretty dense book, and I've had it on. I've picked it up and put it down a lot over the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I'm going out of town for a little bit and I'm hoping to really get some time in it, into it. But it's basically, it talks about how there's two parts of our thinking. There's the immediate reactor part of our thinking. And that's mm. the, that's really our, our main personality. That's the person that shows up most of the time. And then there's this other part of our, our thinking brain that's much more th- slow and methodical. And it's the part of our brain that like has to remember, remember like, a nine digit number or has to do a long, like a long division problem, like that has to sit and like think through something. Mm -hmm. And these two parts of our brain are working simultaneously all the time. But the, the slower thinking part of our brain, which, um, which we, we tend to identify with most of the time, which isn't actually who we are. Like it's the faster part of our brain. Um, that is kind of like on, on the back burner most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it talks where I am right now is it's talking about how there's so much information that we've gathered over the course of our lifetime that we, when we start to feel something that feels like it's an intuitive thought or we have an intuitive reaction to something where we, we predict that something's going to happen. We think that it's like magic, but it's really just our brains having absorbed so much information that we can, like based off of very, very small signals, we can assess that like this next thing is going to happen or this person's going to react this way or somebody's going to make that chess move. Like I'm pulling examples out of the book, but, um, Mm -hmm. but it's really, really interesting because it's really breaking down these details of our thinking and, um, and how it works individually, but then also on like a social scale because um, because of just because of our assumptions and based off of how we 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 think we know things, but really we we don't actually <laughs> know things because um, because they're based in this kind of presumptive thinking that is rooted in, I feel like I'm not doing a really good dis- dis- good job describing it, but it's like it's really interesting. It's really fascinating. So thinking fast or slow, thinking fast and slow. Excuse me. Okay, thinking fast and slow. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we need to do a follow up to this where I can give a better description of the book. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That was perfect. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, so having no reading. context for what this book is about, I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can be my um, my Imagica because it's, really, oh, it's pretty long. <laughs> it's very dense. 
And like I said, it's taken, I picked it up and put it down, picked it up and put it down. But I really yeah, am yeah, kind yeah. of at this point where I'm like, okay, I have to finish reading this book. So All right. uh, I'm rooting for you. I'll come back with I'm more in, info next, next time. <laughs> no, this is perfect. And then we'll have like a full half episode of just book review when you finally finish it. It's, it'll be great. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to have a crazy turning point at the end, but I don't know. Who knows? We'll have to wait I hope and see. so. I really hope so. Um, what are you reading? Let's see. I um, So I was currently reading up on uh, Celtic magic because mm-hmm. I had always been really drawn to um, sort of I've, – I've had, I've had this dream to go to Ireland forever. I don't know why I'll eventually get there. But um, and I'm hoping when I do get there, it's not underwhelming because I have wanted to go there for so long. <laughs> but so I was reading up on that, and um, it was like it was it was interesting mostly because I really enjoyed reading about like um, their their mythology, mm-hmm. their their gods and goddesses that had certain you know and what their functions and purposes were in ritual, which I thought was really really fascinating. Um, I will full on admit that it wasn't like it wasn't my favorite read. Um, I felt like it was kind of um, it wasn't as comprehensive as I was hoping. It was very much like a beginner's guide, mm. I'll say. Um, and I, I I like I like the chunky stuff. I'm like, give me <laughs> give me the academia, damn it! Like I want I want in depth. I'm all in or or nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am really looking forward to uh, – I've been really, really wanting to up my astrology game lately. I know I've, like, mentioned this t- mm-hmm. to you a few times, but I am I – could, I could not pick on, like, where to start. And then I finally listened to this interview. I think his name's Chris Brennan. And he wrote this massive book on Hellenistic astrology, mm. which is – the OG, like that is that is the era in which the astrology we current the, this as close to our current system astrology that we use right now, like the Hellenistic era is when that version of astrology emerged. And it was like uh, listening to the interview, it was a combination of Egyptian and Syrian concepts. Mm-hmm. And so, as you can already tell, I'm You're super excited, excited about, about it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I'm just like, oh, oh, this is this is what I've been looking for because I've always been interested to know what the sort of original thoughts and um, practices around astrology were only because it's been around for so long. Mm -hmm. There are so many interpretations and reinterpretations layered on top of it. I'm just like, I need to get back to the original source to better understand what the hell we're working with today. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm going to order. And I'm super excited about it. (laughs) That sounds very exciting. So Very exciting. Yep. Yep. And, um, yeah, there's there's more books to come for sure. Oh but my God. This- I have so many books on my list. I That's know. why when I when I do like Nigel doesn't read either. Like I asked him recently, I was like, "Do you ever okay?" Read so a book? to both of our significance, <laughs> when you listen to this podcast, you're in trouble for not being readers. But I know a lot of people who aren't readers. And I know I do too. <laughs> and I and I I like I I love to read, but it's also one of those things that I put off a lot and so I'm very excited about our homework assignment because I hope maybe I can read somewhere this week but um but yeah I'm I just books are 
mean, books are magic. Books are truly like there's so yeah. there's so much inspiration and so much um, so many ways to to understand people more and understand the world more and to be excited about anything. Like I think about books the way that I think about museums. Like every time I've gone into a museum, I've come out with some some nugget of inspiration or more knowledge about myself or about humanity. And I feel like that's exactly what books are. And by, and there's, there's so much benefit. There's so much psychological benefit to reading. Yeah. And it's like, I I love what you said. It's like books, books, books are magic. It's Mm -hmm. you're literally using words to, transform and expand and if that's not the definition of magic I don't really know what is (laughs) (laughs) it is it's like you come out of the out on the other side with your thoughts being different Mm -hmm. and and because your thoughts are different you're different yeah it's really special it is really special go read people go read Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Until next time, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, dear listeners. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about the podcast and its creators, visit processofprogress.com. Connect on Instagram at process underscore of progress and on Facebook at process of progress podcast. If everything's yellow, you've found the right place. 